there is a lot of confusion. If you care to know within the body of Christ, within the church, and sometimes you wonder why. And even in the world, there is also a lot of confusion. Now, I want to give you one of the major reasons why these things are so. Hallelujah. Turn very quickly to the book of Malachi. Actually, I'm dealing with what I call the teaching priest. Now, in the book of Malachi, chapter 2, Malachi 2, and verse number 7, the Bible says, For the lips of the priest should keep knowledge, and people should ask the Lord from his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. You can just stop there. Now, this gives you the role of the priest. If you will. Of the priest. But what I want you to understand tonight is the key word here. Teaching priest. Hallelujah. Not just the priest. Now, listen, listen, listen very well. The Bible says... We are a community of priests and kings. Is that okay? Everybody says we are a royal priesthood. We are a community of priests and kings. But there is, in the midst of what you call this priest, what we call a teaching priest. Now, when the teaching priest is missing, three things happen. I'm going to make you see that. Three things happen when there is no teaching priest. Three things happen when there is no teaching priest. There is no teaching priest. Huh? Okay, we're going to find that out. Let's go to the book of Second Chronicles 15. 15 and verse number 3. We find out the three things that happens when there is no teaching priest. Now listen, I'm not just talking about a priest, but a teaching priest. Okay? Second Chronicles 15 verse number 3. We can begin to read from verse 1 if you will. Okay? From verse 1. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you, are, if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Verse 3 says, For a long time Israel have been without the true God, number one, without a teaching priest, and without a law. 
when the teaching priest is gone, people live without God. Not just without God, but without a true God. Huh? Without law. And then the third thing that happens, every man does what he wants. Are you there? Okay. So, these are the three things that happens when there is no teaching priest. What is it? Three things happens where there is no teaching priest. Where there is no, sorry. Okay. Uh, there is no, huh? Sorry. Well, there is no teaching priest. Okay. Alright. So, these are the three things that happens without the true God. Now, so, let me explain something to you. If you read your Bible very well, you find that when Jesus goes to the temple, he doesn't preach. Have you noticed that? Read very well. Sometimes when you read, you don't really bother so much. There is a big difference between preaching and teaching. Is that okay? John the Baptist, the Bible says, came preaching. The kingdom of God is at hand. But Jesus doesn't preach about the kingdom of God. Jesus teaches about the kingdom of God. And he will use parables to teach. Are you, are you, are you catching what I'm trying to say? Now in preaching, you are proclaiming. Proclaim, if you will. That is teaching. I mean preaching. When you are preaching, you are proclaiming. In fact, the word is like from the tongue crier. You know what the tongue crier is? The tongue crier can just go out and begin to say what he is asked to say. He doesn't have explanation to what he is asked to say. Are you there? Okay. So you find that John the Baptist was more or less like a tongue crier. And what was he crying about? The kingdom of God is at hand. But there is no explanation. You don't need to ask John what is the kingdom of God. He's not going to explain that to you. It is not his duty to explain to you what is the kingdom of God. His own assignment is to proclaim, is to, is just to shout it out, the kingdom of God is at hand and repent. And believe the gospel. That's all. Is that okay? But when Jesus came, the Bible says, he will go to the temple and teach. In fact, if you, if you look at the Bible and the life of Jesus, he, he did more of teaching than preaching. The number of times he taught was much more than the number of times he preached. Read the book very well. Is that okay? Is anybody following what I'm saying? Why is this so? Because in teaching, you explain. And when you explain a thing, people get to understand that thing. Are you following? So now, look at what happened in Israel. Because there was no teaching priest. People were there without the true God. 
they were without the law. Are you getting that? And every man can do whatever thing he wants. Because there is no boundary. Not because there were no priests. But basically, there was no teaching priest. Hallelujah. So, it's, it's not enough to say we are all priests. And it's not enough to say because the church got priests, therefore the church can be what it's supposed to be. No, that's not true. Now, let me show you something in the life of Apostle Paul. First of all, let me just give you the simple definition of the word teach here in Hebrew. Teach in Hebrew is yora. Huh? Uh, a few things I'll have to say there. It means to flow as water. To flow as water. Okay? Are you there? It means to train, it means to lay or throw. To train, lay or throw. Now, I want you to understand all these concepts because they are very important. To throw something like an arrow. As arrow. Take for instance, if you have to look at this. When you throw an arrow, you are aiming at a target. Is that okay? An arrow is not just thrown. There is something you are aiming at when you release an arrow. So you need to understand it and it's very, very vital. Hallelujah. It means by aiming, if you will, by aiming to teach, it means to instruct. Now, so get the point right. When we say teaching, there is something very specific you're driving at. And you're doing that for people to understand that thing that you are doing. It's not just a statement. If you watch, like I told you, one of the reasons we have a lot of confusion in the church because there is no teaching priest. Everybody is proclaiming, but nobody is teaching. Come on, am I talking to somebody? Everybody is proclaiming, everybody is preaching, but nobody is teaching. Now, look at the threefold assignment. That God gave to Apostle Paul. Can we turn over there? Second Timothy. Let me show you. We'll come back to Chronicles. And I'm going to show you some things now. Uh, Second Timothy. Let's look at Second Timothy 1. Or is Second Timothy. Uh... Second Timothy 1. Are you there? Let's look at verse number 11. Okay, uh, let me take him from verse 10. It said, But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. And look at the next thing, verse 11 says, To which I was appointed, what? A preacher? Two? Three? Can you see that? A preacher? A teacher. It's not in now you, you see, therefore you can go to Apostle Paul and he begin to tell you in Romans fourteen seventeen, the kingdom of God is not. What is he trying to do? 
Now he's teaching. He's explaining what the kingdom is. So if you listen to, 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 to John that says, Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. You'll be wondering, what is this kingdom of God? Then Paul comes in and says, The kingdom of God is not, but it tells you what the kingdom is. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It tells you what the kingdom is. John proclaims, Paul explains. Are you getting the point now? Now, because of the explanation of Paul, you can believe what John said. Are you following that? And you can go for it. Now, that's why teaching is like targeting something. You say, it flows. And mind you, a teaching priest is not necessarily the man that has certain things put down and be reading it out. Now, there's nothing wrong with that if you do your good research. But you find that a teaching priest is a man that flows from the Spirit. Revealing the things that have not been there before. Hello? Are you catching what I'm saying now? That is why it says, flow as water. Now, a teaching priest is prophetic in what he reveals. Because the fact is, he's revealing the mind of God to be able to stabilize and gather the people. Now, a teaching priest brings forth the mind of God for each season. It's not necessarily a curriculum. Are you following what I'm saying now? So the Bible says, because there was no teaching priest, they were without a true God. Now, what does that mean? Can I give you an example? Uh, let me show you something here in Ephesians, uh, I think, uh, chapter 2. Let's see. If I can catch that from there, you see what I mean. But he said, without a true God, it's important you understand. Hallelujah. Uh, are you there? Um, teaching priests here, Ephesians 2, I want to look at. Ephesians 2, sorry, what is it? It's talking about, uh, let me see if that's what I'm, uh, pardon? Is anybody there? Talking about the Gentiles who were without God in this world. Are you there? Hmm? What verse? What verse? What verse? Verse 12, okay, you're right. Okay, I'm even there looking at it. Hey. Help me, Lord. Okay, are you there? Ephesians 2, verse number 12. I want to show you something now. Look at this. Okay, taking from verse 11. He's speaking to the Gentile nations. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called on circumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being alien from the commonwealth of Israel. And stranger from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now, what are we talking about? Does it mean God didn't create all persons? Huh? So how could Paul be saying we who were not in the covenant of promise were without God in this world? It means we were lawless. It means we're not functioning in the laws of God. Are you catching the picture now? 
Fine. So where you don't have a teaching priest, the end result is you are without the true God. Now, that means going to church doesn't make you have the true God. Hello? Are you, are you, are you following what I'm talking about? Because even we Gentiles, we were praying to the God too. The Creator. We were praying to the Creator. We believed there was a God. Even the idol worshiper will always tell you there is a big, a big God outside of his idol. Am I correct? So they believe and they know that there is the Almighty God. But as long as they were not functioning under the laws of God, which is the commonwealth of Israel, the Bible says they were without the true God. Even so, in Israel, because there were no teaching priests, Israel was without the true God. That means the church can exist without the true God. And when the church exists without the true God, why are they existing without the true God? Because they don't have the laws of God written in their hearts or being understood even as they read the laws. Because there is no teaching priest to explain to them what it means. Hallelujah. Is anybody catching what I'm saying now? And that you do whatever thing you want. In other words, there is no boundary where there is no teaching priest. So what does the church need most today? A teaching priest. So let me explain something to you. The best way the church is supposed to function is to have the evangelists go and preach. And to have the apostles and teachers teach the laws of God in the church. The church is not necessarily a preaching place. The church is a teaching place. The crusade is a preaching place. Are you catching this? Now what you say, we've mixed up the preaching and the teaching. So, the people that are supposed to be taught and have been preached to. Therefore, they don't have the laws of God explained to them. And so they do whatever thing they want. Yet believing and not believing in the true God. Because there is no teaching praise. Are you, are you catching what I'm talking about? That is why teaching is the most, to me, important of all subjects in the Bible. Reason is, see, Jesus will teach with parables and he say, Do you understand this? Have you, have you read things like that? So, you can't be preaching and asking people if they understand. Understanding only comes when you teach people. <laughs> Are you catching what I'm saying now? So Jesus would say, do you understand this? Do you understand this parable? He wants them to understand something. Why? Because when you understand, the Bible says healing comes. He said, your ears are dumb, your mouth is dumb, let the hear and see and understand and I will heal them. So, God's divine healing, I'm not talking of health per se, healing comes when you understand what God is saying. Are you catching this? So now Israel were without a teaching priest and so they were without law. So we are lawless in the church because we like teaching priests. But you see, it's, it's one of the offices that people don't like and people don't enjoy. Because the teacher doesn't, doesn't really make you, you know, yeah, it's going to get you excited. In a teaching ministry, people are calm and quiet. But in a preaching ministry, there's a lot of shouts. You know. Hallelujah. No shouting doesn't make you understand something. 
So here we find that because the Bible said there was no teaching priest, the people had no true God. That, that is strange because this was Israel. For that matter. The people that God brought out of Egypt, the Bible is saying, they never had a true God. And that was because there was no teaching priest. Are you catching this? Because the Lord of God explains the boundaries, the operations, the mind, and the love of God. You know, to you and for me. But when there is no one to explain the laws, then every man will do whatever then he wants. Go down to the book of Judges, we are going to find the same picture. Where there was no teaching prince, everybody does what he wants. And that's a problem. That is to say, because there is no teaching priest, there is nothing that guides people in their conduct and attitude. We just can believe something, but we are not properly guided. And once we are not properly guided, we are not living according to the laws of God, therefore we do not have the true God. Because God walked by his own laws. Is anybody catching this? Hallelujah. Teaching ministries are often the smallest, except grace comes. Few people I know have big ministries who are actually teachers. Few. People like, I think, Charles Price has a big ministry, it's a teaching ministry. In that sense. Is that okay? But you can name them by the fingers. So let me explain again. There's a big difference between teaching and what? And preaching. We have 80% preaching in the church and 20% teaching. And the 20% teaching we do is Sunday school, which is curriculum structured. Amen? Are you catching what I'm saying now? Right. Even the Bible study is topical. What do I mean? They come and tell you what is sin, what is Holy Ghost, you know. What is our teachings? This, the structured syllabus kind of thing. But you see, Yoro in the Hebrew has to do with a flow. As the flow of water. And it's targeted as something. That means the priest. Now let me go to give you an example anyhow. Turn with me once again to the book of Second uh, Chronicles 17. Let me show you something. For those who truly understand, and that when we look at the teaching priest, I'm going to see the result of what happens when there is a teaching priest in a community. Second Chronicles 17. Are you there? I'm going to be reading from verse 17, I mean verse 1 as well. Second Chronicles 17 verse 1. Then Jehoshaphat. Is anybody there with me? Right. That Jehoshaphat his son reigned in his place and strengthened himself against Israel. Now Jehoshaphat, when he says strengthened himself against Israel, you should understand. We're talking about Judah and then Israel. Is that okay? Rehoboam and Jeroboam. Southern kingdom, northern kingdom. Are you understanding? Okay. And he placed troops in all the fortified cities of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim, which Asa his father has taken. Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father David. He did not seek the Baalims. Can I say something here? Your father is not necessarily your father. Jehoshaphat walked in the ways of his father. 
But it was not David that gave birth to Jehoshaphat. God counts genealogies based on the things that are connected to. Do you understand that? Come on, am I talking to someone here? So your genealogy is connected in one line. That is why I say, sorry, but let me just say that. When you talk about the sons of God marry the sons of men, it's not necessarily angels coming to have an affair with women or something like that. It's basically, in my own understanding, the two families that were already separated in Canaan and Abel. There were two lineage that was walking on the earth. Lineage of righteousness, lineage of evil. Is that okay? Fine. Sons of God are those who are working in righteousness, which are supposed to be the, the, the lineage of the genealogy of, uh, of Abel. Fine. So now you see this. There are people, Jeroboam, they went into idolatry and the rest of those things. When Jehoshaphat came, he kicked on to do the right thing. And the Bible says he walked in the way of his father. It was not David that gave birth to Jeroboam. I mean, Jehoshaphat. But it's connected to the good deeds of David. Is that okay? So your genealogy goes back to Abraham when you leave. That's what the Bible says. We are Abraham's sons. Only if you do what Abraham did. Jesus said that to the scribes and Pharisees. So let's leave that. That's a different story. I'll continue your genealogy. We may have time to discuss that. Okay? Verse 4 says, But sought the God of his father and walked in, his, in all his commandments and not according to the of Israel. Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand and all Judah gave presents to Jehoshaphat and he had riches and honor in abundance. He didn't force them, they gave to him. Is that okay? But what was Rehoboam trying to do? Rehoboam was trying to say, let me have it all. Remember Rehoboam's story? He said, my little finger shall be bigger than my father's loins. You know? One thing he never understood is that his father have so many wives. And so he could tax the people to take care of all of these wives. And the people going to agree that this man's family is large. But you are a young boy. How many wives do you have? And you want to tax us like your father. Who do you want to feed? No one reasonable. <laughs> are you there? Okay, let's go on. Go to verse 6. And his heart took delight in the ways of the Lord. Moreover, he removed the high places. And what he images from Judah, also in the third year of his reign, he sent, listen, 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 listen to this, verse 7 now. He sent his leaders, Ben-Hal, Obadiah, Zechariah, Netham, and Micaiah, to do what? To teach what? In the cities of Judah. He sent people, he didn't send to go and preach. Are you there? What was he trying to do? He was trying to consolidate the kingdom. He was trying to bring them back to God. He was trying to bring that to the place where every one of them walks in obeying the laws of God. He sent them to teach in all the cities. Now look at what followed. And with them he sent Levite, Shemayan, Nathaniah, Zedadiah, Asahal, Shamira, Moth, Jehonatham, Adonijah, Tobija, Dobadoniya, a good name for the jazz here. Then the Levites, and with them Elishama and Jehoram, the priests. Can you get it now? So what happened? They taught in Judah, 
and have the book of the law of the Lord with them. They went throughout all the cities of Judah and talked to the people. Now what follows? The fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdom of the lands that were around Judah so that they did not make war against Jehoshaphat. Can you see the result? When there is teaching and people understand how to walk with the law, peace will come in. Hallelujah. So can you see a result of teaching? Second Chronicles. What chapter is that? 17. 1 to 10. Alright? Result of teaching. All teaching priests. Then we cannot say what? Peace. Huh? We got peace all around. No war. No war. Hmm? Now, let me give you another example. Turn again to the book of Second Kings. Second Kings. Um, Second Kings, what chapter is this that I need to look at? Uh, can I say 11 now? Let me see if that is what I want. Hallelujah. I made this scripture here. Okay, let's see. Jehada. Now, now, I wanted to look at, it's like I meet my scripture here, but it has to do with Jehada. And the Bible says, uh, instructed. Okay. Hallelujah. You know, these people, with so many kings, sometimes gets me confused when I'm reading these things. But, anyway, what I wanted to show you there was, uh, this king, Jehoada, I mean, Jehoada was a priest that instructed this particular kings, and the Bible tells us that because of the instruction he gave to the kings, the king walked in the way of the Lord. Now, reason I wanted to read that was because it's vital for us to understand that it is possible for you to be a king and not to walk in the way of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen? So I can get it right now. I think I'm going to leave that. But I know it's 2 Kings. I don't know if it's chapter 11 there now. So that is the point. Maybe you, you do that for yourself as a research. I can't find it. I just can't find that scripture right up now. I didn't put it down, but it just struck my mind that you needed to have it. But right there, the Bible tells us precisely that. Pardon? Twelve is it? Okay, God bless you. Let's get down. Second Kings twelve three. That's fine. It's eleven, so that's good. Right. Oh, interesting. Twelve, is it? Okay. Alright, you got it. In the seventh year of Jehu, Jehoash became king. And he reigned forty years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zebiah of Bersheba. Jehoash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days in which Jehoiada the priest did what? Now, now listen, listen. He 
that which was right all his days because somebody instructed him. It means if he never had an instructor from this priest, he wouldn't have done what he did. Do you understand that? Are you there? Second Kings, is it? Twelve. You can take one, two, three. Is that alright? Jehovah, the priest. The priest is not just the man that offered the sacrifice. If you want to be established, you need a teaching priest. If you want to walk in the way of the Lord, you need a teaching priest. Knowing the way is different from knowing the act. The act are the signs of wonders. The ways are his laws, his mind, his intent, his thoughts, his purposes, his direction. That you can only get from the teaching priest. Is anybody following this? Now you see, look at the emphasis. There's something I want you to see. The verse 3. Okay, the verse 2. Jehoash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days in which to order the priest instructed him. It means there was a time this man ceased from instructing him. Because there is a kind of a time frame here. All the days in the which the priest instructed him. That within the period in which the priest instructed this king, he acted rightly. Are you catching this? But when he stopped instructing this king, he never acted rightly anymore. So for a king to function accurately, in fulfilling the mind and the will of the father, such a king needs a teaching priest. Now, the fire this years of a truth, we are a community of prince and kings. But, what am I trying to say? The kings in our days, which we claim to be, may not, let me be a little bit friendly, be doing the right thing because we do not have teaching priests. Are you following what I'm talking about? There are so many things we are doing See, this man did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Not just what was right, but in the sight of the Lord. That is the key thing I want you to see. He was a king in his own right. But he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord only because he was being instructed by a priest. He was a king. So you could be a king, but you need a teaching priest. To instruct you in that which you should do. It is not just doing a thing that is important. God is not just after activities. God is not just interested in just what you can do. But he wants you to do it and do that which pleases him. And which is right in his sight. Are you still following me? That you can only get from who? From the teaching priest. And so when Israel had no teaching priests, they had no God. They didn't have the true God. 
But in the midst of that, they were still worshipping. Am I correct? Fine. They were still going to the temple. They were still doing whatever thing they were doing. But they had no true God. That means you can be religiously okay, and yet you do not have God with you. Is that okay? A lot of activities can be going on, but the true God is not there. It's just like we read before in the book of Ephesians that the Gentiles were without the true God. But we all know that there is the Almighty Father, Jehovah. Everybody knows Him. Right? The Hebrew man said, Chineke. No, you, we know that there is Chineke, isn't it? Hallelujah. Everybody knows that. Even if they are worshiping idol. They still know that there was the Almighty Father. But the Bible said they will never have the true God. Why? Because we are not instructed in the way of God. So when you don't walk in the way of God, you do not have the true God. You may be worshipping, but you don't have the true God. Israel had all their laws with them, but they did not have the true God because there was no teaching priest. And so there was disorder. So one of the things that is really responsible for the chaos both in the church and outside of the church today is because there is no teaching priest. Are you following this? Blessing is not sufficient. Can I even say something here? Be here with me. I, I love that my Moro said this. I saw it for the first time. Do you know in the true sense that Jesus never except on one occasion say you must be born again? Come on, talk to me. Just once. So it's not the message. <laughs> Did you see that? It's not the focus of Jesus. That was not what he was carrying. And mind you, who was he talking to? He was talking to a man that was already more or less a believer. was a religious man. Come on. But now that has formed our message. Are you born again? <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying there? Everywhere we go. Are you born again? You must be born again. See that? But Jesus said it but once. And the whole of his sermon, if you want to call that, in the whole of his teaching, only once. And it was not even a sermon. It was a discussion between himself and a Pharisee. But that has become our message. And we have left what Jesus really came to preach. Now who can tell me what he came to preach? It's not a problem. He spent 80% of his messages on the kingdom. Very insignificant statement that he made. Obscure. In all the volume of what he said is what has become the core of our message. How can we fulfill his will? I mean, Apostle, are you getting what I'm talking about? How can we do his will? He said it once, you must be born again. That has become the structure for syllabus, for scheme of thought, for preaching, radio, TV, newspaper, you must be born again. But the things he spent his life for, 80% of his life in talking about, which is the kingdom, nobody talks about it. Why? Because we don't have teaching priests. Are you following this? So we may be doing what we are doing, but it may not be. <laughs> Look at what this man said. The Bible said, he did that which was right in the sight of God. 
That is different from doing that which is right. It could be right. But the question is, is it right in the sight of God? That's the difference. Are you doing that which is right in the sight of God? For you to do that, you need a teaching person. Somebody has to explain some things to you. About the laws of God. About the mind of God. About the intent and the purposes of God. That's the difference, people of God. That's the difference between ministries. Right now on the face of the earth. We have ministries who just, you know, centered on. And I love one thing he said. Jesus never preached prosperity. I mean, that is striking. I just listened to him. He said he never preached prosperity. He never preached deliverance. But he did all of that. There's a difference between what you do and what you teach. Is anybody following what I'm saying? Because these things normally must follow when you come into the kingdom. That is why he will spend his time to do that. We spend our time to teach you prosperity because you do not understand what it means to live in the kingdom. But he says, says, seek the kingdom and its righteousness, all these things shall be what? Added. That is prosperity. That is all he said about prosperity. So your father knows that you have need of them. He said, you are more valued than the bears of the air. He said all of that just to indicate that God is very much careful and mindful about your words and living. He knows you have need of them. He said he knows you have need. He's not blind to that. He's not ignorant to that. He knows you have need of them. But you see, this has become the center of our message and we have left what he preached. Why? Because there is no teaching priest. So who could be doing what is right? But the question is, is it right in the sight of God? Because what is important is doing that which is right in the sight of God. I'm not just doing that which is right. So, somewhere along the line in your life, if you would mind, you need a teaching priest to be around you and to be by you. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor Maxwell said something a few days ago. I don't know how many of you caught it. He said, we, we think faith is meant to get things. Faith was not meant to get anything. Because of all those in the Hebrews of faith, nobody used faith to get anything. But they used faith to conquer. Am I, am I talking there? <laughs> Look at the Hebrews of, Hebrews of faith. That is where you see people who use faith. Whoever used faith to get money. See, we've turned the whole thing upside down. Why? Because there is no teaching priest. Who can explain to you? It, those of you who read the other book, understand the, the anointing. You remember I mentioned that about the heroes of faith. If you talk about faith, you're talking about what God they stand you for to accomplish. Is that okay? I know faith must come by hearing. I hear anybody. Well, that's true faith. The Bible says, God called Abraham. And Abraham obeyed. And said, Abraham was a man of faith. He believed what God said. So, for you to have the kind of faith in Hebrews, you got to hear God sending you to do something. And believe in what he asked you to do. Then you have the right faith. See what I mean? So the problem we have in the church today, why do we have so much confusion? Because we don't have teaching priests. Why do we have so much trouble in the world? Because the church itself is confused. 
Why is it so? Because Israel was supposed to be priest to the rest of the nations. According to Deuteronomy 32. Israel was not the biggest but the smallest. He was chosen so that he can instruct the nations of the world on the laws of God. They were a kind of a teaching priest to the rest of the world. And that's exactly what the church ought to be today. A teaching priest to the rest of the world. To bring the laws of God into the nations of the earth. So when he said go here into all the nations. Amen. Can we even look at what he said in that place. Mighty 28. Hallelujah. Is anybody following what I'm teaching tonight? Okay. Look, look at, look, let's look at the language of Jesus. Matthew 28, can we look at it from verse number 17? When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make what? Disciple of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, don't be confused. Very soon, I'm trusting the Lord when money comes. We already have a book on baptism. Okay? When you read that, you understand. Now, verse 20, what did he say? What did he say? What did he ask them to do? They should teach. <laughs> Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. Is that okay? Teaching them. It is a go preaching them. <laughs> it's like, to me, Jesus has come to the conclusion that if you have enough preaching, now you go and teach them. Are you saying that? The commission he gave is for us to go and do what? Teach the people. So, now, let me tell you something. If you put up a program called a teaching seminar, you have a handful of people. But if you call it a crusade or any other thing, the capacity enlarges. Remember that? But the instruction the Lord gave is, go and do what? Teach the people. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? Remember what I told you when I came back from Mozambique? There was this pastor, I love him so humbly, man. We were sharing on this father's house. We took a whole day to teach on that subject. We started around 9 o'clock and the end of around 4. Father's house, John 14, just verse 1 to 2. You know, took all of the whole of that day. But this is a comment he made. I mean, can I call it a comment now? He just came and said, Pastor. He was telling the interpreter, said, please tell him. That we all are going to live here back home to repent. Because we have been using this scripture during funeral service to assure the people that they have a mansion in heaven. Now we know that that is not true. So we almost go about our churches and repent and tell them we've deceived them. Now I like such humility. But I told them please don't do that. Because you may probably lose your congregation. He says that true? I say yes. You have to settle them. You have to teach them for them to understand. Don't just go there and tell them we are in error. No. Then they will turn around against you and say, you misled us. Is that okay? But that is the way it should be. Now, if I had gone preaching just the way we preach it, this man will not come to that understanding and will not come to that conclusion. So basically, the Lord sent us to go and teach the nations. He didn't send us to go and preach the nations. We teach them. We instruct them in the way 
of the Lord. Those who are instructed, they have more stability in their life and in their spirit as compared to those who receive preaching. Preacher, move your head, you know, it's like a broadcast. Huh? So many doesn't sink in. Jesus was teaching the book of Luke. He said, let that sink in. What he means is let it be settled in your mind. Hallelujah. So summarily, just get that picture tonight. You need a teaching priest around you to explain some things to you. Why are they staying the way they are? Yesterday I had a conversation in the office. A lady came to me. Happened to be of this Jehovah's Witness and we're talking and I said, this is the problem you have. You do not yet know who you are. And that is why you cannot make a decision about life. But I wish you know. And unfortunately, the man that can instruct you now, God and the Holy Spirit, you don't believe in him. Then he asked me the question. He said, do you not mean you believe in the Trinity? As I don't believe in the Trinity, I believe in the Triunity. You know Triunity? What I mean in one God manifesting in three dimensions. That is Triunity. I don't believe in Trinity. Three God in one. There's no three God. There can't be three God in one. That would look like a monster. One head here, one head here, one head here. There are no three gods. One God revealing itself in three manifestations. Is that okay? That is Triunity. And I say now, if you don't believe the Holy Spirit is God, Hear what the angels told Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. What did he say? He said, Joseph, don't put your wife away. For that which is in her is of the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? The Holy Ghost gave birth to Jesus. And Jesus said, God is my father. So who is the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is my father. Am I talking now? <laughs> you see what I mean? The Holy Ghost brought the life of God and gave it to Mary. So Jesus took 100% God, 100% human being. His flesh he took from Mary. His life he took from God. And so in Acts 20, 28, the Bible now says, Take heed to the church which he bought with his own blood. I mean his own blood. So the blood that was in Jesus was the blood of God. That's why he said, That which is her is of the Holy Ghost. And she was looking at me. I said, Now the Holy Ghost who God is using, or the expression of God now to talk to you, to know who you are, you don't believe in him because you said you are Jehovah's Witness. I don't know if you have followed what I'm talking about. If I she simply said, I will come back again. I said, you better do. We don't need to quarrel about certain things. You just let the people know. So you need a teaching priest to help to stabilize you. Because by the time she catches what I'm talking about, she'll begin to hear the voice of the Spirit. But as long as she can't believe that, there is no way God can talk to her. And so she's walking through life blindly. You know, you can get any understanding. Even when she dreams she can't interpret that because she doesn't believe God can speak through dreams. God is so far away. That's what religion can do to you. So you need a teaching priest to explain one or two things to you. Basically when you have a teaching priest you have the true God because you just need to revise all of this. Is that okay? You have the true God. You have the laws of God and you will not walk in disorderliness. You will walk in orderliness. There will be precision. And then when you come here, you will do those things which are right in his sights. 